Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get started. If you've got your Bible, whether it's in an app on your phone, whether you have your Bible there, and I like, you know, it's one thing as far as a Bible teacher, I like hearing the leaves rustle of those books going back and forth because it's really, really cool. But apps are great too because the Word of God abides forever, whether it's electronic, printed, or it's the rhema Word of God speaking into your life. And it's very, very important. So I'm going to tell you what we're going to speak today. I'm going to give you my three major points up front. I'm going to try to cover those things. We'll get through what I can get through. Let me turn this on here. I want to make sure, well, actually, I can see what I got. I'm going to give you my three major points. We're going to go through that, and we'll get through what we can. So first, I want everybody to kind of stand. Because whether or not I get all through these things, these are the points I want you to understand. So I'm going to say them, and you're going to repeat them back to me, right? So we can get that. So the first part is, faith is not optional. Okay, Mom, you guys are getting, you're getting better. That was, that was okay. There wasn't a lot of unison there. I mean, you guys, maybe I should stand up here like a choir director, right? right. Faith is not optional. Faith is not optional. optional. Exactly. What you put your faith in is important. And the last one is, faith is action. Thank you very much for playing along with me. Go ahead and have a seat. I have not asked this. Would you come up and pray for me, please? Please. When you get an option or you have the opportunity to have an intercessor pray for you, what should you do? Right? So you should have an intercessor. I didn't even, I just suddenly came to me. I'd like to have you just pray for me and pray for them because God's message is for you individually. It may not have anything to do with what I say today. It may not have anything to do with the scripture I'm going to reference here or anything like that. But God is speaking to you where you are sitting right now. And I want you to listen to what he has to say to you. I put her on the spot. Sorry. Just pray. You don't, just a few minutes. Father, I thank you that as Rick yields to you, to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus in him for this message, Father, I thank you that um, it's alive. Mm -hmm. Your word is alive. And whether it's, we read it in scripture, whether it comes through your servant, whether we hear your still small voice, it's alive. It's life changing. It's life giving. And so God, I, right now, I ask for everyone's spiritual ears to be open, to be tuned to your voice, to hear what is in this message for them. And God, I bless your message and I bless Rick in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put her on the spot like that. But um, we've been listening to Mike Atkins. He does a Sunday sermon in his car or whatever, and he has his wife with him. And before he starts his message, he has his wife pray for him. And I tell you what, if you're not using all the tools in your toolbox, you're a poor workman. <laughs> and you're stupid. But So... I'm just saying, <laughs> that works. All right, open your, open your Bibles up to Hebrews chapter 10. Of course, I started talking about faith. We're going to start back in Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 35 through the last end part of um, chapter 10. Then we're going to get into Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. And whenever he wants to put those up there, that's fine. I'm just going to continue. I'm going to ignore that behind me and just keep on working. Um, the first thing I want to kind of tell you, what is the background of Hebrews? Have any of you ever thought about that? You know, I hadn't thought about it much. Hebrews are written for a reason. And these chapters that we're going to study, it's a little bit about faith that we're going to get into today, where it's not optional, where it's important on where your faith is and that faith is an action. All of that was written for a reason. Nothing comes out of a vacuum. There's always something or a reason for it. So what was the reason for Hebrews? Well, the writer wanted to make sure the, the, the Jews at the time were falling away. They had come to Christ. They had the liberty in Jesus. They had the Spirit of God residing in them. They had the faith of Christ. And yet they were starting to fall away. They were neglecting the Word. They were ne neglecting prayer. They were ne neglecting coming together, assemble as they were supposed to. They were falling away. And so the book, the writer of Hebrews wanted to bring that back to them, show them that their high priest, Jesus, was better than any of the other high priests. They were going away from Jesus Christ back to Moses. They were going away from the liberty they had in Jesus Christ, living and residing within them, and back to the law. And he wanted to prevent that. He wanted to, wanted to show them the greatness of Christ. And that's why as you read through there, our great high priest is better. He was showing them that Judaism, although it was great and it brought God, I mean, God selected them as his own people. He brought his word in through Moses so they could have the word of God. They could have the Torah. They could have all that stuff so they could understand who God was. And then the prophets, as they spoke, spoke about Jesus the coming Messiah, all of that was important. But the fact that Christ came, he was the high priest. No longer do they have to have someone offer a sacrifice for himself so he can offer a sacrifice for the rest of the people. The great high priest himself, Christ, died for us. That is very important. So that is why Hebrews was written. And that is why we come back up to this chapter on faith. He wanted to encourage, he wanted to exhort and let them know that your faith is important. It is absolutely important, it's essential. So let's start here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. And that's what we have therefore. That's why I wanted to begin with that and tell you what, what, why Hebrews is written. Every time you see a therefore in Scripture, look back and see what it is there for. Always. 
If there's a therefore, you've got to look at what's going on ahead, ahead of it and why things are happening because that is why you have it. So therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. See, what was happening to these Hebrews who had accepted Jesus Christ, what was going on at that time? Persecution. What was going on with these Jews? They had given their life to Jesus Christ, and now they're being persecuted. And some of those were saying, okay, since I'm being persecuted, let me just do away with me following this Messiah, right? And go back to just being a Jew and following along. Let's go back up underneath the law, underneath the law of Moses, and I won't be persecuted anymore. That's why he says you need to endure. In fact, we'll talk in, in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about the one who endured much, which is Christ. We're not going to get there today. There's a whole lot more here that I'm not going to be able to say today, so we're going to get through it. So let's continue on. So, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Who is that? Jesus, the Messiah, is coming again. Remember, this is after his death, burial, resurrection, his ascension back into heaven. They have the promise he's coming again. So what's it say here? This is the next one. It's very important. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Let's go back to that verse, verse 38. But my righteous one shall live by faith. That is from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Very interesting. Faith in the Old Testament is the same as the faith in the New. There is no difference. And when you look at this, it says, My righteous one shall live by, live by faith. What does that mean? It's a lifestyle. It's not an event. It's not where you, oh, I've got faith for this specific thing. Okay, God's been pouring faith in you. Yeah, you have faith and then you live for yourself and do whatever you want to for a while. You come up to another option, something else happens. Oh, I have faith for this little bit of time. And then you live for yourself and you go on and whatever you want to do. And you have another thing and you come up to another faith at this time, and Lord God, help me in this manner. I don't care for you the rest of the time, just like these Jews were doing, not caring for the word. They were not praying for others. They were not assembling together to become encouraged and exhorted to live the way they're supposed to, right? You got to live by faith. It is a lifestyle. It is not something you put on, take off. It is your life. That's why faith is not optional. Every one of you here, faith is not optional. Only thing that matters is what you do with it whether you're living it. So that's the first point. 
So let's find out what faith is. If it's not optional, we're supposed to live by faith. Okay, then what is it? Right? God usually does not ever leave us in a lurch. He always lets us know what, if, he, if he's telling us one thing, he's going to tell us right after that typically what we got to do. Right? So let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Because all of a sudden we have this thing. It says, now faith is. Right? I've had a lot of people, I think Derek Prince, I, I got a lot of information out of this from Tony Evans, T.D. Jakes, Joyce Meyer, and Derek Prince. I mean, if you want to learn about faith, you talk to faithful people, right? A lot of them have all of their sermons. They have a lot of different talks about faith. Boy, I'll tell you what, they've got whole series on faith. And I listened to those things. I took notes. I was trying to find out, you know, although, you know, faith is. And a couple of them said that this is actually a definition of faith. But I like what Tony Evans says. He says it's not a definition of faith. It's a description. Because by describing things, like how Christ taught us in parables, descriptions, word pictures that we can get in our minds to understand, we learn from those things. This is a description of what faith is because a definition of faith, in fact, a lot of them when they were doing these talks were saying they could, they could define faith by what it was not. Over and over they kept saying it. This is a good description of what faith is. So let's read it. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of thing, conviction of things not seen. Anybody here have the King James Version? New King James? What does it say right there? Does it say it the substance and the evidence of things not seen? The substance. That's something tangible, right? And this is where we get to the point that says, faith is the assurance. And assurance there, and, and, that, and the Greek word of it is, it's a legal document defining ownership. It's like the deed to the land. This is the deed to your heart. And this is where we get into what you believe in, what you put your faith in is absolutely important. Absolutely important. Because, think about it. We put faith in all sorts of things all the time, right? And just because it's an alliterative statement, politics, people, and philosophy, right? Can you put your faith into people? Maybe for a little while, right? There are some people that can be faithful to you and some people that are trustworthy. I trust my wife. But, you know, whatever, you know, people at some point in time will disappoint you right? They will, because they're people. We, are all, <laughs> we have sinful natures. We have jealousies. We look to ourselves more than others. People are going to fail you. We can't put our faith in them. Politics. The reason why... I, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, you're going to be failed by your politics. Whether it's, you know, the D, the R, or the L, the libertarians, whatever, I don't care. Politics is going to fail you because the, politics is going to do, it's going to serve itself to the point to maintain power in whatever it's want. And the other part of that is because people are involved. Yeah. 
right? If you don't understand that one, refer to the first one. People are involved. So in philosophy, what is philosophy? It's just a bunch of people sitting around debating about what things are going on, right? People can be wrong. You can't put your faith in those things. You've got to put your faith in the only thing that is not going to change. The only thing, the only person who is trustworthy. The only person that has integrity. And never, never fails. And so when you put your assurance, when you put your substance, and remember, what does that mean? The title deed. The ownership of that. You need to put your faith in the owner of your life. Remember, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet. Not I, but Christ lives in me. He has the title deed. It is very important that you put your faith only in the substance, only in that assurance that is not ever going to fail you. Ever. And it's really cool about this is the fact that I like what Tony Dale, I mean, Tony Dale, Tony Evans said. If you've got just a little bit of faith, very, very tiny amount of faith, and you put that into a great substance or a great assurance, mighty things can happen, right? We've had this teaching here before. The grain, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, right? You all could probably tell me what the rest of that says, right? What's going to happen to the mountain? If you tell it to move, you got the faith in the grain of a mustard seed, and your faith is in the assurance, in the substance that is great, it's going to happen. And you can have mighty faith in something that means nothing. And it doesn't matter how much faith you have, it is void. When I served with the Saudis in the desert, very interesting. I'm, I got time. I don't want to go down right here. In the middle of the Battle of Kafchi, about 31 years ago, we got into the town. Uh, 7th Battalion had attacked the night before. The king of Saudi Arabia had said, told these guys, okay, the Iraqis have come in. They've taken the town. I want you to go back and take it. Take it back from them. 7th Battalion went in the night before. They expended all their basic load, which means they ran out of most of their ammunition fighting the Iraqis, trying to get a foothold into the town. We were told the next morning, you're going to go into town. At that time, riding up to that, I remembered Psalm 91, though 10,000 may fall at your right hand, 1,000 at your right side. I knew I was reassured by the Lord God as we moved in to retake the city from the Iraqis, I was going to be okay. In the middle of that fight, during that first day, guess what happened in the middle of that? Noon prayers came. Alpha Company was currently assaulting a, a, a building in town where the Iraqis had set up. They came in. They were up on the second and third floor of this big building. Alpha Company, which under Captain Ali, got over there and started attacking them. When the Saudis started attacking, the Iraqis did the same thing they did during the Iran-Iraq War. They started shooting. During the Iran-Iraq War, when they started shooting, the Iranians ran away. In this case, the Saudis shot back. And then they started lobbing mortars onto the roof of the house. Anyway, it was noontime. Guess what happens? At noon, in 
Muslim countries. They start praying. So we stop in the middle of the street. I can see the house down the street. It's a straight angle all the way down here. All of a sudden, everybody gets out of the armored vehicles that we're in. They get out there. They get their imam that's attached to the battalion headquarters. They get out there. They face towards Mecca. They find out where the Qibla is, but that's the direction. That's something for you to learn, the Qibla. That's the direction towards Mecca. They get down there and they start praying. I'm sitting here on this armored vehicle. No one's up on the 50 caliber providing any type of overwatch or defense. Every single one of them's down there praying. That's faith. Misguided, but it's faith. I got up there. Tracers are going over our head. That's faith. But that is faith in something that means nothing. Of what value was it? Put your, put your faith into something that is great, that does not change. And if you have, even says it says, oh, ye of little faith. It doesn't matter. You've got a little faith in the right thing. That mustard seed faith can make all the difference. So faith is not optional. What you put your faith in is very, very important. And the part that I'm going to get to now is where I think I'm going to start stepping on toes. <laughs> I've done that before. I don't know if you guys have seen a, a... I was talking with Dan before this. You guys kind of see a continual theme through Dan when he preaches, right? What's important? You know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, that you live for Him, that you give your life for Him. My theme is, once you come to Jesus Christ, what is your purpose? What is your spiritual gift? What is it that God has put in you for you to do? Right? That's why you're here. What has He, caught, what has he put inside for you to do before you leave this world? What is your purpose? What is your gifting? Do you, all of you know what your spiritual gift is? I'm telling you what, I've already preached on that, and that was years ago. And I challenged you then to know what your spiritual gift is, and then you've got to start working on it. You start, you've got to start sharpening that. It could be a very dull thing. I don't know if you watch Forges in Fire. They take that piece of metal. They bang it out there. They take an, a, a nail or something else like that. They bang it out there, and that thing looks horrible. And they start working on it, and they work on it, and they work on it. And guess what? It starts sharpening. It starts getting better. It becomes polished until it becomes a useful tool. I told you years ago, find out what your spiritual gift is. And if you have not done that, and remember I told you about that too, why are you still babes? Why do you still want the sincere milk of the word? By now, you should have been eating meat. By now, you should have been eating meat. Let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We're going to continue. Faith is the assurance of things. Hope for the conviction of things not seen. You've got faith in the correct things. You have that conviction of things not seen. You need to be doing that. And why? Let's see. Faith is an action. Let's read for it. Faith for by it. This Faith. Remember I talked about the fact that the faith in the Old Testament is the same as the faith in the New, right? For by it, this faith they're talking about right here, 
this faith, the men of old gained approval. Now let's look at this list that's down there. Let's look at the list of all these people. We're going to skip chapter 3 and verse, look at all of it. If you and I made this list of everybody that's supposed to be in this hall of faith, right? If you and I made this list, we probably would leave some of these people out of it. Do you realize that we have a harlot in this list? We have a liar in this list. We have an adulterer in this list. You and I would probably not pick them. God did. You know, the big thing you might want to get out of that is the fact that if you start living by faith now, it doesn't matter what's in your background. It doesn't matter what lies behind. It doesn't matter what you have done. When Christ comes in, makes you a new creation, and you're living in faith with Him now, what lies behind is forgotten. And if you live for Him from now on in faith in Jesus Christ, you can be on this list. It does not matter. Whatever you've done is wiped away. Christ died for every single thing you have ever done or you'll ever do. That price was paid in full. All you got to do is live the way you're supposed to live. Let's look at this list real quickly. And then we're going to... By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Of course, it was accepted. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not found. Without faith, it is impossible to please him because Enoch was found pleasing. It is impossible for us to please God without faith. Again, faith is not optional. You've got to have it. Let's look at all the rest of it. By faith, Noah, being warned by God, what did he do? He built an ark. By faith, Abraham, what did he do? He was Abram at the time. He left his family, moved to some place that God was going to show him, didn't even know where he was going. By faith, Joseph, when, he was sent, when they were supposed to take his bones back, he, he, he prophesied in faith that when you leave, he knew they were not going to stay there for the rest of their lives. He prophesied without being able to see it and knowing they were going to bring his bones back into the country, Right? to be buried in the land that Abraham was promised. By faith, Rahab hid the spies. What do all these things have in common? Obedience is one. Huh? Action. Without action, where's your faith? That can be... You know, all the promises of God can be standing right here. And God's saying it's right there. Reach out and accept it. Oh, that's great. But until you move, nothing happens. All of these are actions. And remember before when I came up here, I told you the amount of faith you possess is equal to the amount of authority you exercise. Right? You step up in your authority. You start exercising. And really, I kind of want to amend that. Let me get back. I'll tell you why. The amount of faith you exercise is equal to the amount of, no, the amount of faith you possess is equal to the amount of authority you ex exercise. And I got that from the centurion, right? Because that is something I relate to. 
At 17 years old, I raised my hand and solemnly swore that I would defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will obey the orders of the officers appointed over me, so help me God. 17, till I was a grown adult in my mid-30s. I understood the centurion. That spoke to my heart. And that's why I wrote that, because it spoke to me. I want to amend that. Because that may not speak to all of you. Right? It may not. What we should really say is, and instead of putting authority in there, the authority you exercised, right? The authority you exercise is expressed by your giftings. When you put faith in action, you're going to start using those gifts that God has given to you. What's Dan's gift? Evangelism. How do we know that? Because he does it. Right? Is there any question? No. None whatsoever. He is using, he is exercising. We're seeing his faith by his exercise of using the giftings that God put in him to be an evangelist. That's his faith being expressed. It is an action. Okay, Jennifer's sitting right next to her. What, right next to him. What is she? Prophet. How do we know that? Have you not heard her in these meetings? <laughs> Prophesying? Right? Because she's using her giftings. She is acting, acting out her faith in Christ. Carolyn always says, I use her as an example. Does she not worship? Isn't that not valid? Because Abel, what was he doing when he offered his sacrifice, which was better than Cain's? He was worshiping. Does that not mean that Daniel over there? Do you not understand that it is very important that when we come in here in the morning and Daniel and them have practiced They have prepared. They have listened to what God is trying to say to them so that they can establish the peace of God here. That they can establish it so that we, when we come in, can actually receive what God wants to tell us. And what He wants to tell us can be said through the words of what we're singing on that screen. And what He has to tell us can be from the music as it works within our spirit. Doesn't music... Doesn't it talk, speak to your spirit? Doesn't it stir you up? I mean, that's why movie scores are so important to the theme of what's going on in those movies. Have you ever watched Chariots of Fire? Oh, my goodness. And they're running through the surf, and you hear that, that theme going, okay, what about Lord of the Rings? Right? Hey, I'm not kidding. Listen, truths are truth regardless of what's setting they're in. When you start hearing that little bit of pipe or whatever, and you know, you think of the Shire, you think of the hobbits. You think of Aragorn, the king. And all of those different things. Music speaks to your spirit. It is important that the worshipers come in and prepare that. Remember, when Solomon was 
dedicating the temple. What happened? They were speaking the word. The priests were there to minister. When did the glory of God fall? When they started worshiping. And it came in so much, the priests could no longer stand. That's important. Worship. What about hospitality? Are you bringing people into your homes? Are you being hospitable to them? Are you serving them? Are you showing the love of Christ through just feeding them, playing cards? I know that may be some of you with a Baptist background may not. (laughs) Whatever. I mean, no, we're not evil. (laughs) So, no, hospitality. Intercessor. The group that comes up here in the morning are what? They are praying. They are showing their faith in the mighty God because guess what? They are bringing into something that has not been seen yet. They are bringing forth, they are speaking to the God of the universe and saying, Lord God, what do you want for us today? Whereas the music is, they're establishing that. They're bringing the peace of God here. They're praying for all of you that are sitting in those seats right now. They're praying that the Spirit of God would stir up within you and get you to the point where faith is an action. Faith is an action. Tony Evans says, for we walk by faith, right? Not by sight. It doesn't say talk by faith. It doesn't say all those different things. It says we walk by faith. He says faith has feet. And you're moving out. Are we seeing faith in joy in Thomas? Yes. Why? They're going out. There is movement there. Derek Prince, when I was looking at this, he says faith really is a movement term. Tony Evans says, it is a verb. It is an action verb. It means you go do things. So what are you waiting for? Remember when Alan Smith was here? What did he say? He had four frogs on the branch, right? Four frogs on the branch. One of them decides to jump. How many, how many frogs are on the branch? You all should know that because he was here. How many, how many frogs are on the branch now that one decides to jump? Four, because he only decided to go. He didn't actually move forward. The faith has to be put into action before it actually means anything. He has to jump. Are you ready to jump? For those of you, maybe you're put on the precipice of a cliff or whatever. I like... I think it was T.D. Jakes or it was Tony Evans, whatever. He's got a little grandson named, he calls him J2. Put his little grandson up here on the, on the little thing. It's about this high. And when you're about one and a half to two years old, barely able to whatever, he put him up here and he said, he put his arms out and he told him, jump. Initially, the grandson didn't want to jump. Think about it. When this is about... Shoulder height on you? Okay, let me put you on top of a roof of a single-story home. (laughs) 
and then I tell you to jump. What are you going to do? You're going to look at me and go, are you crazy, man? What's wrong with you? No. What he did, and this is what you can do with the Lord. Put him up there, and he told him, jump. And he didn't do it. He said, come on, come on, come on, you can jump. You can do this. He's got his arms out. He's sitting right there. He's going right there. Jump, jump. Finally, he says his, his grandson started lifting up one leg, kind of going up like this, getting ready to go. And he says, Papa, move in closer. Come in closer. Eventually, he got him to jump. And when he had learned that his Papa was always going to catch him, Papa would never let him fall. Papa would always catch him. Now he says at the end of the sermon, when he's done, he runs up the stairs, gets up there, he gets all the way up on the thing and says, I'm jumping! And he says, sometimes he does it before I get my arms out. That's who you should be. That's who you should be. You should be at the point where I'm jumping. And if you're at the very beginning, I don't care. The whole point is to start. Just to start where you are. You don't have to wait till you get it together. That's not the point. You don't have to have it together. You just have to be who you are. And if you're afraid to jump, you say, Lord God, come in closer. Let me see you until you can get the courage to launch off. And over time, as you exercise your faith, and this is where I'm saying, as you exercise your faith, and that goes back to what I say, the amount of faith you possess is equal to the amount or equal to the authority that you exercise as you begin to jump, as you begin to exercise your authority, you're going to get better at it. And guess what? You're going to jump farther and higher. You're going to have that freedom that know that He will always catch you. That this faith is not founded on something that's false. That this faith is founded on something that will always be there. It is a firm foundation. Boy, I, I, when it says assurance here. The whole hymn I was singing through my head, I said, man, if she says, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. If she had said that this morning, I was going to jump up out of that chair and say, Yes! And I was hoping that's what you were going to say. That was a great hymn, but blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. My faith is in action. My faith is moving forward, and I can live in him, and he lives in me, and together we are one. That is my sermon for today. First, this is what you remember, faith is not optional. Put your faith in something of substance that you can be assured of because anything else other, in fact, Derek Prince puts it like this, all biblical faith is based on the word of God. Right. Put it in that. And then the last thing is faith is action. Because if you're not moving forward, it's words, it's knowledge, it's good things. 
but it's not faith. Let me leave you with this. James chapter 2, verses 14 and 16. I'm going to read that to you because this is very important because this is what, what we do, right? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food. Have you seen people like that? Oh, yeah. Okay. And one of you says to them, go in peace. Be warmed and be filled. Live long and prosper. And yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Oh, that's nice sentiment. Go on, be warm, be filled. But if you're not giving them anything else... In 17, even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. Stir up what God has put in your heart. Stir up what God has gifted you to do. And how, Im- how imperfectly you may start off doing that. Just do it. Just do it. And you can start off like this really weird blank piece of metal they have and forged in fire. And you kind of look at it and you go, what in the world is he doing? Or what is it? And when they get done, it is a useful tool. When they finally get done. But it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of grinding. It takes a lot of polishing. It takes a lot. Just start good grief. When I first started teaching, I wouldn't want to listen on me either. I started a Bible study back in my dorm room back when I was a sophomore, only because the guy that was discipling me said I should. I, went, I didn't have any desire to do that. He told me to start teaching. I did. Guess what? It lasted three weeks because everybody was bored. I was bored. It was stupid. <laughs> I didn't know enough. Then when you started evangelism, what did you do? You just started. You got better at it, right? You don't, you're not here when you first start out walking, are you? You fall on your face. Since you all walked in here, I assume you didn't give up. And you got good at it. You got to the point where some of you can even run, right? Some of you learn to feed yourself. Kind of. That's right. I don't know how messy your table is when he's done at the end of the day, but, <laughs> but you learn to feed yourself. You've got enough strength to be here, so you ate decently enough to get here. You've got the strength to sit here, and you're looking at me right now, and you're nodding your heads and going, yeah, 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 I've got enough. You didn't start out that way. You had to be fed. And in your spiritual life, you had to be fed. You had to have that milk to start with because you couldn't digest some of the hard things. Be like the Bereans. Check what I said today. Pray in your heart. Let God tell you what the truth is for you based on His Word. Start eating some meat. And then get up and start walking. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, Lord God, that you have given us your word. Your word abides forever. 
It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord God, it was the same in the Old Testament as it is in the New. It does not change. And Lord God, those men of old were approved only through faith. Only through faith and an understanding that their hope was coming. That Jesus Christ, their Messiah, was going to be there. They did not get to see it. Others did. But Lord God, we thank you that we have that so that we can look back and we can learn from them. So that we can live for you. And Lord God, for anybody here right now who does not have that abiding faith in their life, if they don't know you, it's worthless to try out and and try to live out a, a faithful life when you don't have Jesus Christ. You can't do it. You cannot, you literally cannot do it without him. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know him now, and you know for certain that he is your Lord and Savior. Give your life to him now. Everything else I've said today is of no value until you do that. You've got to have him. You've got to have that saving grace. Give your life to him. Tell him he is your Lord, your Savior. You're sorry for what you've done. And it doesn't matter, like I said, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. His grace is sufficient for anything that is there, you've ever done. He died for all. Get your right life. Get your life right, right now. And at the end of all this, find someone. Express the fact you just gave your life to Jesus Christ. Because you need to confess with your mouth that you have given your life over to Him. You need to confess it. It's like the rhema word. Nothing happened. The worlds were not made until what God spoke. He said and there was life. He said and there was a full. You've got to speak it. And that is part of your faith. That's the first step for living for him to give your life. Thank you, Jesus, for all of those who are here that know you. That, Lord God, that you are speaking to their lives, Lord God, because they're supposed to move out with you. Lord God, they have a purpose. If they don't know what it is, speak to them now. Let them know what that purpose is. Strengthen their giftings. Help them to use those giftings, Lord God, in the service of both this body and and the region around us. Lord God, so that you may be glorified. And help us to get out of the way so that Christ can manifest himself through us. Thank you, Jesus. In your son's name, we pray. Amen. And now, if you stand up, if you have need of prayer, if you need to tell somebody that you have accepted Jesus or whatever, you find someone. May the God of this universe go before you this week. He is going to prepare the way your hearts and help you to be able to fulfill that destiny that he has put in you. If you need extra prayer, come on up here. They're standing by. And I tell you what, if you want some, I don't care if you really need, if, if you get any inkling that you need a little bit of prayer, I don't care if, you know, whatever it is, come on up and get that done. Thank you, Jesus.
Go in peace.